bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Jim Jorgensen, uh, who's an author, syndicated radio host, and seminar leader uh, who's been on Wall Street for many, many years. He's got a new book out called Where Did My Money Go? A Quick Lesson in Making Money in an Up and Down Market. Welcome to the show, Jim. Well, thank you, Jordan. Great to be with you. Let's just start with a little bit of your background. I mean, a lot of people know who you are, but why don't you just start with a little bit of your background and your experience on Wall Street and how many books you've done and so on. (laughs) Well, I started writing books um, with the graying of America about 20, 25 years ago, and unfortunately what I said is coming true. I've written about six major books in personal finance with major New York publishers, and then uh, I went on the radio as a talk show host. They figured that was a good choice. I was daily on WOR in New York, ABC, KGO in San Francisco, and as you've indicated, I've been syndicated. And I am a seminar leader and travel around talking about the personal finance calamity we're having in New York. But it's a delight to be with you. You and I have known each other for 20 years, I think, Jordan. At least. At least. That's right. All <laughs> right. So what, why don't you kind of tell, talk a little bit about why you wanted to do this particular book, uh, Where Did My Money Go? Well, I've been doing this myself. I call it trend investing. And I've been doing it for years, what I learned on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. It is something so simple that the novice or the trader can do it. And basically, trend investing, where we used to meet at Starbucks every Saturday morning, and we would compare where our stocks and mutual funds are. But I set you up with a program, so you may be invested in four, five, or six stocks. And in that situation, like I give examples of the uh, uh, homemakers, the, the, the construction companies, home builders, And my latest one is Starbucks, where people are not buying as many lattes. You buy this stock, you watch it every week for a 5% decline, you sell it and put the money in a lockbox. Then when the stock bottoms out on the bottom and starts back up, you buy it again, and the only difference is the number of shares you hold. And this is phenomenally a big profit maker and and it's so simple to do. So I talk about trend investing. Fifteen minutes a week is what I ask on a Saturday. And you can sit down and manage your own money. And you don't have to look at the smoldering ruins of your IRA or 401k. Because you know if the market is going to go up or if the market is going to go down, you're going to make money. Let's talk about those smoldering ruins. In the first chapter of your Where Did My Money Go? You talk about Let's Begin. Uh, you kind of set the scene for where people are today. Give us a sense of how you see investors' psychology based on what's happened in the markets recently, because you're, you're dealing with them all the time. Yeah, I think, I think several things. First of all, I think a lot of people traditionally have been buy and hold. They just ignore their IRA money, their 401k money. They figure everybody's doing it, so who cares? Unfortunately, in the last couple of years, half of their money has been wiped out. Now, I think also people don't realize that there are probably only 5% of the investors in the country who have financial advisors 
looking at their investments. I mean, let's be honest. The mutual fund's not going to call you and tell you their fund's going in the tank. The financial planner is probably not going to call you if you have one. So I'm talking to people who are willing to change and willing to understand that they have to manage their money. And once they make that decision, all whole world is new out there, and we show them in simple ways where did my money go and how to make money in an up-and-down market. It's worked for me for 30 years. I think it's, uh, it's something I wanted to share with uh, not only the people I talk to on the air, but the people who buy my books. One of the things you say in the book is that fear has erupted and uh, denial of kind of rational thoughts has kind of taken over. How do you see that manifesting in the way investors are dealing in today's market? Well, I think the classic case is, Jordan, they don't open their statements. Right. <laughs> I mean, how many people have I talked to who, who don't open their financial statements from their brokers and their funds? I mean, it, fear is that it's going to get better if I leave it alone. It's going to be better if I just stay in this stock because one of these days it's going to turn around and I won't lose money. Now, if investors have learned anything in the last year or two, that's not really a very realistic expectation. We try to get people to accept the fact that you've got to get involved and you've got to be willing to change. And once you decide to spend 15 minutes a week to keep track of what you have, when to buy and sell, then you're going to make a lot of money, as, as people do on the floor. I mean, I know people on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange that use this simple principle as I do, and they're making 40%, 50% a year, and they don't even think anything about it. Yeah. You talk about various uh, kind of secrets to prosperity. One of them when you talk about is uh, the ability and desire to adopt to change in the way you manage your money. Why is it difficult for people to adopt to change when the markets have changed so dramatically here? Well, it is. But if you, if you understand that you are looking for companies who, who have a boom and bust, I took the Home Dealers, I took ExxonMobil, I took Bank of America, I took Starbucks. These are companies we know, and these are all companies who have been huge in the market. Their stock price has fallen 70 80%, and this is the kind of thing you want. Now, I'm, I bought back into Starbucks. I bought it at 35 and I sold it. I, I bought it back at $9.60. When this economy improves, people are going to go back to their habit of buying coffee at, and lattes at Starbucks. I'm convinced of that. Uh, in home builders, I sold that uh, when people, they, you know, they couldn't build them fast enough. People waited in line. Then I saw, oh, my goodness, uh, their, their houses are building up. The real estate market is crumbling. I sold that out. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to buy that because there's going to be a turnaround someday. But if you put the money in the lockbox, you can be patient. And you always want to invest once, one-time money. That's what we're talking about. Uh, in Bank of America, uh, my goodness, I bought that. I, bought, I had Bank of America at $30, $35. I sold it when I saw the mess on Wall Street. It's now, I bought it back at $9. Now, I'm using the same amount of money. I just have a heck of a lot more shares. And Bank of America, you mark my word second biggest bank in the country a couple of years from now, that's going to be screaming. That's going to be back up to 20 or $30 a share. So it, it, 
and 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 I also have several examples. Now you may find examples in the shopping mall. One of my biggest ones was pantyhose. Oh, they came out and I made a fortune. One of them was uh, uh, in that context. Um, there were a lot of them that you could. One of them was Hanson Natural, which made uh, soft drinks for food health stores, health food stores, which they went crazy. You you just need to think in terms of our people buying it, and when they don't buy it, sell it. That's pretty simple. But we give you the whole thing in trend investing, and where did my money go? Uh, what you say, put people should put their money in a lockbox. What do you mean by that? What kind of a place should they get? And if it's just sitting there, earning today very very low yields, don't people yeah. get kind of impatient at a certain point? Well, I don't care. I mean, it doesn't have to earn anything. What I mean is, if you buy Bank of America stock at thirty-five dollars and you sell it after a 5% decline. You've sold it at 32.50. Now, you wait because you see the stock market going into a panic and banks getting into trouble. I bought it back at $9.50. What did I do? I took the money that I had previously received for initially selling Bank of America. I took that out of what I call a lockbox and bought back Bank of America shares. Now, I got the same amount of money invested. I, instead of 100 shares, I got maybe 400 shares of the stock. So when that goes back to where it was before, I'm making money like I made on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, Jordan. I'm, I'm a happy guy. Because you've got more shares, and the, every, price, every dollar increase gives you more return than if yeah, you had 100 you're, you're shares. Set, you're set in the future to make four to five times what the buy and hold says if the price ever goes up, right? Yeah. Now, you're, you're also saying that the secret to buying, uh, to building a nest egg is to avoid losing in a down market and make money in an up market. Now, how do you know if you're in an up or down market? People, in, well, in retrospect, it's easy to take. You're you know? only in about six or seven stocks, five mm -hmm. or six stocks. I'm only in at any time, you know, six or seven stocks. That's plenty to follow on a Saturday morning if you have a gang at Starbucks or you just do it yourself. But you can always pick up new ones and sell new ones. But you want to be able to see... When the customers are starting to buy, the demand is picking up, uh, you know, like that. And then you want to see. I went out to Starbucks and talked to the people, and I could see that the demand for their drinks was falling off. That was my key to sell. Now, I'm waiting to go back to Starbucks because, as I said earlier, I'm convinced when this economy returns, the coffee, the coffee habit will drive them back there. Then the stock will go back up again. So it, 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 it's more for the average investor who wants to take care of his money himself, wants a simple, easy-to-understand plan, and work it like we work on Wall Street. You buy and you sell. I have a 5% five, 5 decline. When it goes down 5%, I don't care whatever happens, I'm selling. And when I think it hits bottom and the demand is turning around, I buy it back. And I've done that over the last year. I've done that four times on some of the bank stocks that I've money, made money each time uh, in that sequence. So trend investing, 15 minutes a week is what I ask. And like Time Magazine came out with a great front page several years ago, it said, who's watching your money? And it said in an analysis, uh, you're on your own, baby. I love that. Because that's what I think most people don't understand today. They are on their own.
And if they don't grab the reins and get some kind of a plan like this, uh, they're going to be set for another stock market meltdown we just went through, Jordan. Now, a lot of people would think that if you have money in a mutual fund, you have a fund manager who's taking care of your money for you, and you don't have to worry as much. You don't have to be following the stock market. What's the fallacy of that? Well, did you did you see the results are out in Money Magazine? I mean, come on. The results are out in Money Magazine. For the last year, the major stock funds are down. We're down about 38%. And over the last three years, they were down 18%. Now, that's like... You know, taking money out of your paycheck every week and throw it in front of a lawnmower. Certainly they have money managers, but mutual funds have lost huge amounts of money. They have maybe 150 different stocks they're buying and selling all the time. I don't know what they're doing. But what I'm trying to explain to our readers in Where Did My Money Go, they're not telling you if, you're, if the stock is going to go into the tank. And you've got – now, if you have it in a 401K – you should be looking for a, a, a plan description booklet, a PDB, and ask them, I want to see what my plan has and when can I change my options. What could have saved millions of workers who have 401ks with their employers, billions of dollars, if they had gone to their company and said, okay, when can I make a change? And when I can make a change, put it into a cash account because I know the market is starting to, to melt down. You've got to know how to run your company-sponsored retirement plan and when to get in and out of the mutual funds just like you do with Bank of America or Starbucks. Okay, we're actually going to go to a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Jim Jorgensen, uh, who just came out with a new book called Where Did My Money Go? A Quick Lesson in Making Money in an Up and Down Market. We'll be back after this. All we talk about is money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk, talk money, money all the time. time. Voice America Business. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about the show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. 
All we talk about is money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk talk money money all the time. time. Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Jim Jorgensen, a longtime radio host and author and seminar leader. Uh, His new book is called Where Did My Money Go? A Quick Lesson in Making Money in an Up and Down Market. Welcome back to the show, Jim. Thank you, Jordan. Before we get back into it, just tell people how they can get the book, when it's coming out, and, and uh, you know all the practicalities of it. Well, it's, it, you can go to Amazon. Um, go to Amazon Books, and you have to type at the top, where did my money go? And you go right to the page. The book is uh, listed at twelve ninety five. It's a paperback. Uh, it is on e-books and will shortly be on uh, uh, a disc that you can download onto your computer, your iPod, or, or your iPhone. My wife has already uh, downloaded it to her iPhone, for heaven's sake. Great. Terrific. Uh, so it'll be in all the functions. But right now, go to Amazon, type in, where did my money go, and it's right there. They they have it cheaper than the list price, but that's twelve ninety five. And also tell them about your newsletter and how they can find out about your newsletter. Well, I, I had a, a regular newsletter, as you know, a financial savvy report for... 10, 15 years, that used to have to be mailed once a month. Now, that was the way you did it. Remember that? Right. And it was old. I mean, old news. Now we have a weekly e-newsletter. The Financial Savvy Report lands on your computer desk every Monday morning. What I'm excited about is my staff was able, in that electronic newsletter you're looking at on the screen, to put in there segments of my radio show that are relative to what I'm talking about. So believe it or not, you can look at the screen and read what I've said. You can punch a button and listen to what I've said on the radio and really brings it up close. Uh, the, the trend investing that you'll find in there, our year to date from January 1st is up 61%. So I'm not ashamed of that. That's great. But uh, if you want three free issue that's three weeks free because i don't i don't need you know i want you to be happy with it you simply email info at financial that's the word financial s-a-v-v-y.com and give us your name and address and email and we'll send you three of them and you decide if it meets your needs but it's the way that people who read word of my money go stay abreast each week of what ideas i have and where they can make any money or buy and sell. So you're telling them of the trend, whether it's gone down 5% or to get in or yeah. get out or that kind or of thing. Or whether I have a new one, because I just had a new one that, uh, that we put in. And uh, I think it's going to do very well. And, and again, I don't care what the company is. I don't care if they're, who the executive is. All of the financial stuff they talk about at Wall Street, all I want to know is does the public want to buy their product? And if they do... The stock is going to go up. Yep. And then when the product people decide the economy is such, they're not really pleased, they don't want to buy that product. And I'm talking now Starbucks as an example. Everybody wanted a Starbucks until the economy hit, and then their stores were deserted. 
So you just need to know that, and you can see the price of the stock every week change, and you buy and sell, and you lock in your profits. If you don't mind, what is the new company you've just added, and why did you add it? <laughs> well, we added Ford, and Ford was $1.80 when we bought it, and I said, buy Ford. They are not taking government money. The people like their cars. It's so cheap, you've got to win. So at $1.80, we took Ford, and as a result, we, we are now sitting on Ford stock that the last time I looked was about, uh, what was it here, about, um, oh, uh, it is $4.24 a, week, uh, a share. Now, I think when General Motors and Chrysler bite the dust or whatever happens to them, Ford is going to look even better. So if I've gone from a dollar eighty to two forty because I think Ford's coming back, and a lot of my friends in the in the business in New York and the uh, the uh, uh, mutual funds and whatever were buying it ahead of the public, but I like to stay ahead of the of those big money people. Uh, the pros are buying it back. Vanguard funds just bought six million shares. That ought to tell you something. That is an example of a company that is turning hot. Now, eventually, that company's going to turn cold. I mean, I don't know, but there's going to be a time when people decide not to buy Ford cars. If they do, I want to be there. But right now, that is about a 200% jump in my money, and that's not bad. Absolutely. All right, chapter three of Where Did My Money Go? You talk about the turtle and the hare. Now, people yeah. are certainly familiar with the fable, but how does that affect investors, and what is the lesson people should be taking from that? The lesson people should be taking is that the turtle is the average guy who's worked hard, saved a lot of money, and he goes to a fast-moving hare who is a broker, lives in a million-dollar pad. The broker says, I can take care of you, but what he doesn't tell you is that your 100000 is not enough money for him to make a commission under today's schedule to really make it worthwhile to return your phone call. He didn't tell you that, but that's the case. So you go to this guy, and it turns out, you're losing money. He isn't paying that much attention to it, and you sure aren't. So you call up the, the hare and say, wait a minute, what the hell's going on? He said, well, I have my referrals from New York. Our home office says, Wall Street, the bulls are running again. I've got a couple, three or four good investments for you. And the uh, turtle, what does he know? He buys them. Turns out, <laughs> turns out Wall Street was wrong and it didn't do that well. Now, the turtle has lost a huge amount of his money, but the hare doesn't care. He's off to his million plaid uh, sniffing out, uh, you know, new more money. So I'm trying to make a point that for 90% of the American workers and investors out there, they will do a far better job at 15 minutes a week managing their money than relying on other people because you are more important the money is more important to you than it is to any financial planner or broker. And I think the real tragedy today is that the financial planners and brokers do not come clean and say to the client, well, gee, the amount of money you got for me to invest, I can't make any money on. Um, if you don't have at least 150000 you shouldn't be going to a broker because they can't make any money. And that's what I want to tell people, the fable of the 
fast-moving broker hare and the slow-moving turtle. It's a fable that I wish everyone would read, and it's, as you say, one of the chapters in Where Did My Money Go? So you're saying that um, somebody who has under 150000 uh, could still do individual stocks, but at a discount broker, not they don't have to really get a yeah. relationship that way. They need to do it themselves and watch out what's going on because it's not worth them. It's not worth a person's time to follow that extensively and do your work. You should do it. Yeah. All right. Well, chapter four, you go through the process you've just talked about as far as trend following, and then chapter five, you talk about doing the numbers. Why don't you just briefly go through some of the numbers that people should go through to understand how this whole thing works? All right. Well, the numbers are first of all. You can tell how you're going to do, how important it is for you to earn X amount each year. I'm assuming you have 15, 20, 25 years to retirement. If you're saying, I don't want to take a risk, I'll put it in a bank savings account for 3%. In 25 years, if you put in 10000 you'll have 18000 Hardly enough to retire in 25 years. But if you can go into this to the equity market and make three times that, say 9%, which is not all that difficult to do, your $10,000 won't be worth uh, $18, it will be worth 100 That's what's important to know when you're investing. What And it's called the rule of 72. So assuming your return stays the same, you simply divide 72 by the amount of the percentage of money you're earning, and that will tell you how long it takes to double your money. So that's the first thing I would look at. The second thing is the magic of compounding. What I say on radio and television around the country is, is, is shock some people, and they don't understand it, but I'll make it very clear. 80 to 90 percent of what you end up in your ultimate retirement plan will be money you never saved or invested in the first place. Now, let me say that again. 80 to 90% of the money in your ultimate retirement plan when you retire will be money you never saved or invested in the first place. Now, that's, that's important for people to understand because it's not the money they're investing today. It's the money they can make on that money when they retire. And I have a plan in here for the $5 a day, $5 a working day Lottie plan. You bypass Starbucks, you put 5 bucks a day into a can, and you put that in your IRA. You got 20 years to retirement, you got $100,000 in that sucker. Uh, why? Not because you put a hundred thousand in there. You only put in about ten, but you got a hundred thousand anyway. The magic of compounding. So these are some of the basics that I try to share with my readers, as I do on the air, Jordan. Uh, I think once you understand the very simple basics of how people make money in the stock market, it becomes a lot easier. One of the other things you talk about is that investors can lose more money when share prices fall than they make when share prices rise. Why is that true? Oh, isn't that true? I mean, we only we know that from uh, last year and this year. But what I'm saying is, uh, if you're a buy-and-hold investor, and I just read you the Lipper report in this, this uh, money, current money magazine, which states 
that the average large stock fund, small cap fund, and the balance fund for the last year was down 38%, and for the last three years down 18%. Uh, if you're a buy and hold and just sit there and ignore it, you are losing more money uh, as a buy and hold uh, without ever doing anything. And that's the, that's the, uh, those are the people I'm trying to help who are trying to build a realistic uh, retirement nest egg. One of the things you say is, is dollar cost averaging, putting it on a regular basis is better than putting in lump sums. What is the, it's another way of having the compounding working for you. Is that your point there? Yes, but on that case, a lot of my money would go into my cash account in the lockbox. There's no sense in buying stocks or funds if, in fact, every week you see they're going down in value and price. All the old say is, oh, well, gee, you're buying them cheaper. Well, my goodness, if they were, you know, if they were $60 and they fall into 20 and I've been buying them on the way down, they're still worth 20 uh, I, I, I would say if you want a, 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 um, a dollar cost averaging, if, which really what it means is you contribute each week or each month on a regular basis, put it in the cash account. When you see another Starbucks, another KB Homes, another Bank of America, another Exxon Mobil, whatever it is you see that is starting to go up or down, you have the cash to buy, and then you can work the trend investing for the 15 minutes a week. That's been a problem lately is that people, the prices went way down, but people didn't have the cash available to take advantage of it, right? Well, if, they were, if, they, if the price of the stock was 60 and it's now 15 and they haven't done anything, no, most of their money is gone. Uh, had they have sold when it was 60 or 55 on a 5% slide, put that money in a lockbox. Now you're talking to yourself and saying, wait a minute, this stock is 15. I can bring that money back and buy four times the shares I had to begin with. And when those shares rise as the economy improves, now you're going to make the money that we used to make on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. You're one happy person. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to go to a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Jim Jorgensen, who's got a new book out called Where Did My Money Go? A Quick Lesson in Making Money in an Up and Down Market. And we'll be back after this. We talk about his money. Call us toll free 866-472-5790 and talk to the experts. We talk, talk money, money all, all the, time. the time. Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. What I want to be when I grow up by Johnny Mike. Dad, it's John. I got the promotion. Yeah. 
We'll call him John Jr. You'll speak over 500 million words in your lifetime, but none of them will be as important as the words you use to tell your six-year-old he has cancer. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. Sell, buy, buy, sell. All we talk about is money. Talk to an expert. Call now. Call now. Toll free 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jim Jorgensen, who's just come out with a new book called Where Did My Money Go? A Quick Lesson in Making Money in an Up and Down Market. Welcome back to the show, Jim. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, Again, just tell them how they can uh, find out more about the book and get a copy for themselves. Well, I made it into a paperback. It's a nice paperback. It's uh, $12.95. You can go to Amazon.com, and at the top where it says search, click in, Where Did My Money Go?, and you will go right to the uh, to the uh, marketplace, right right to the order form. And uh, it also is available for nine dollars on ebook. And we're coming out shortly with uh, the uh, disc that will allow you to put it on your computer, your iPod, or your iPhone. And then, now, if people want to find out about your newsletter, that's financialsavvy.com, right? FinancialSavvy.com is a weekly, every Monday morning, e-newsletter. It comes in on your screen, and my staff has figured out how to take parts of my radio show, segments of my radio show, and put them in the newsletter. So when you're reading something and you want a different slant, you can click and listen to me talk about the same thing on the radio. It is... uh, uh, it's, I've been writing newsletters, but uh, the email newsletter is only a few years old because that was technology we didn't have. But if you want three weeks of it free, and there's no obligation, uh, the It's Your Money is uh, you go to info at financial savvy. That's the word financial, S-A-V-V-Y dot com. Send us your name, address, and uh Uh, email, and we'll send you three weeks, and you decide if you can find it uh, helpful. And that's how the people who read Where Did My Money Go stay up to date on the current stocks they should be in and out of. Okay, very good. In Chapter 6, you talk about building a plan for investing. What what are some of the tips people should remember from that? Well, I think if you're going to build a plan, you have to understand the factors that we talked about earlier. First of all, you have to be watch what you have invested in, and that's why I'm so serious of saying six or seven stocks is plenty, uh, or two or three mutual funds and six and seven stocks. Now, one of the best tips I could give listeners, and they probably have not done it, is if you have a mutual fund or a stock, for heaven's sakes, go to big charts. B-I-G-C-H-A-R-T-S, bigcharts.com. And in there, you will see a box, and you type in either the name of the fund or the stock or the ticker symbol. If you don't have the ticker symbol, it'll tell you what it is when you type in the name. 
Now, this will immediately give you a graph for one, three, and five years. And you can instantly see what has been happening to your fund or your stock. Instantly. And I think it is a tragedy that millions of Americans have invested in mutual funds and haven't looked at them, probably don't know how to look at them, in several years. You go into bigcharts.com, type in the name of the fund, get a ticker symbol, type that in, and boy, is that an eye-opener. You could say, holy mackerel, look what happened to the performance and price of this mutual fund over the last one, two, or three, or five years. And that gives you an indication, obviously, when you should be selling and probably should have sold a long time ago and gone into your 401k cash account. So you said the same thing with a mutual fund. If it's down 5%, you should get out of it, basically. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 5% from the recent high. Yes. Now, you have and, some actually uh, very... You've got some controversial things you say in your, your chapter, Jim. One of them is uh, never to invest in a regulated industry like the airlines yeah. or energy. Why, why are you saying that? Well, I'm saying don't invest in airlines, gas companies, regular electricity. They're all regulated heavily, and the government or the regulators tell them how much money they can make. And if you want to talk about basket cases, consider the airlines, the trains, and all the rest of those. They're, they're, they're horrible investments. But even if they make a lot of money, they're regulated to the point where they have to give it back to the consumer. So we've learned on Wall Street a long time ago, you never invest in regulated companies just simply because they don't have a plain, uh, playing field and uh, they can't really operate from a st stockholder position as, as other companies. You also say never to buy cheap stocks, particularly those under $10 a share. Yeah. Now, some, yeah, well, you bought Bank America at 9 so you violated your own rule there. What I happened? <laughs> well, in that case, that was a stock that was not under 10 stock. That is one of the biggest banks in the country. It was $35. Now, it had slipped before 10 I'm talking about companies that have been 10 or under, and they are called uh, single-digit midgets. And when a company falls below $5, then traditionally mutual funds can't buy it, and the, if it falls to a dollar, it goes off the thing. So what I'm trying to say is the price of the stock really is, is not that important, but don't buy it because you think it is cheap. I've watched that stock for a long time. My gosh, it's only $5 today. That's a bargain. That's not a bargain. New York knows it's worth only five and probably less. So I don't want investors to think just because the stock is cheap uh, that they can make money on it. Uh, you don't buy anything under 10 uh, and certainly nothing under five. Um, now, there are exceptions just like Bank of America, but that is a big exception. Okay. And then in Chapter 7, you go into more detail about trend investing. Let's just briefly go over the rules you have here. You said you yeah. invest in hot companies. How would you define what a hot company is? I would take the, for, for lack of an example, let's take KB Homes. Um, when I saw that people had to stand in line to be able to, to buy a home, everybody wanted to buy a home. They couldn't build them fast enough. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. yeah. And I said, that is a hot company. And if everybody buys a home that wants to buy a home, that KB Homes is going to make a hell of a lot of money, and they did. So do you look and like on, on the, uh, the list of new highs as, as to companies that are uh, hot right now? Yeah. 
uh, well, there aren't many new highs on companies that are right now because of the stock market. What you're doing is you're buying at the low end and waiting um, waiting for this economy to turn around and then have some uh, some of these stocks go back where they were before and then sell them. Okay, so the first thing you're but, saying is... Uh, you know, you can tell. I mean, I'm talking about people with common sense who go to the shopping malls. They see this stuff. They see what's happening. Uh, they could see what was happening to the banks. They knew that, uh, you know, this thing didn't happen in two days. They can, they can see what happened at a $140 gas oil price, like a barrel of oil. They could see that, wasn't gonna, that was falling down. Get out. They could see that home builders weren't making it, were finding it difficult to sell homes. They should have been out. You have to protect your money by watching once a week on 15 minutes what is happening and that's your key to the way you invest so your first rule is to invest in hot companies your second rule is to sell as soon as they turn cold yep. and you and your way of telling if they turn cold if it's gone down five percent i mean you don't have stocks that go down five percent and then just go right back up again it's kind of a temporary no, correction there's always that risk there's that risk in all kinds of investments on uh, on Wall Street. There's stop losses, there's shorts, there's options, there's all kinds of ways to invest in it. You always run that risk. But if you are, if you feel that other factors are there, and uh, when Bank of America went down 5%, I could tell that it was probably going further because I was reading so much about the uh, uh, financial system in a, in a disarray. But if you sell and it goes back up, that's, that is a risk. It's a risk I'll take because I'm grabbing the money. But it's not a risk I worry about, and it's not a risk that has really affected me very much over the years. Okay. Now, in your Chapter 8, you talk about uh, never giving up on a stock. Now, it sounds like you're giving up on it temporarily, but you're, you're waiting for it to bottom out. Is that basically why you're saying? Right. Yeah. So what do you yeah. mean exactly by never giving up on a stock? Never giving up by meaning uh, if you like the stock, if you like the company, and you're sitting there with the money in the lockbox waiting to rebuy, and the stock keeps falling, just have some patience. Because you know the company, you know it has been in business 30 or 40 or 50 years, you know it's coming back, you just have to sit there. Now, I don't care if I make any money on the money in the lockbox, that's not my objective. My objective is to have, have that money so that when it does come back, it does start back up on the charts, I can buy That's all I'm really interested in. Some of my money has set in a lockbox for as long as 18 months, waiting for that stock to do what I want it to do. And when it starts up on my 15 minutes a week, I use that money to buy at the bottom and go back up again. That takes a lot of patience to wait out 18 months. <laughs> a lot of people don't do that. <laughs> but if, you, if you're making the kind of money that we make on this kind of thing, uh, and, 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 and you, you, you know that that is good money you're going to make, uh, you could take it out and, and invest someplace else and lose it. I'm more concerned about keeping my money safe and knowing what I'm doing, even if I have to wait for the time to do it. Uh, Starbucks has taken a lot longer to turn around than I thought it would. But that doesn't bother me. I'm in it. Uh, 
$9 a share. It's now 11 And uh, I think when the economy turns around, which may be another six or eight or ten months, I'll be up to the $20, $25 shares. That's, that's kind of money. You can't make that kind of money today anyplace else. Now, you're comparing uh, buy-and-hold investors with your style. You say buy-and-hold investors will typically have half the account balance of an investor who sells when the stock goes down and buys back when a stock trends upward. So you have, that's, you're saying it makes a huge difference of doing your system versus buy-and-hold. Is that right? Oh, it does. And, and I, what I'm trying to say is if you need any proof, just consider last year and this year. Uh, most of these people are looking at IRAs that are 40% or more down from where they were a year, year and a half ago. And uh, it may, they may even go further down. Who knows? But it's going to take a long time for those buy and hold investors to get their money back to even because that stock has to make a substantial rise over the floor it is now for them to break even. And uh, uh, let's assume that they wait. And let's assume that it does break even eventually. What I'm concerned about is during that entire time, I couldn't be using that money to make money. I just had to let it sit there. And I don't like that. So rather than have it sit there and wait forever for a stock to come back so I can get whole, I'd rather have the money in my hand and be making money on it. Uh, and that's that, I think, is the biggest price that buy-and-hold investors pay. Yeah, indeed. Okay, we're going to go to a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and my guest this hour is Jim Jorgensen, uh, whose new book is called Where Did My Money Go? A Quick Lesson in Making Money in an Up-and-Down Market. Uh, you can find out more about it at Amazon.com, and we'll be back. Stocks, bonds, 401ks, investments, refinancing. We can help you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Achieve total wealth management. Listen to Three Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, right here on Voice America Business. Three-Dimensional Wealth is a show dedicated to teaching you a value-based approach to comprehensive wealth management through practical strategies and expert advice. Take your first step down the road to financial independence. Listen to Three-Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf, Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. 
money, money, up-to-date business and financial news. Money, money. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Jim Jorgensen. Jim's been an author, a syndicated radio host, a seminar leader uh, for many, many years in the financial markets. His latest book is called Where Did My Money Go?, a quick lesson in making money in an up and down market. Welcome back to the show, Jim. Thank you, Jordan. Your last chapter is called Investing with Time, and you talk about uh, comeback gains uh, with the mm-hmm. power of compounding. T- t- tell me a bit about comeback gains and how you can do well, that. Well, uh, Starbucks is an example of the reverse order. Um, I did not buy Starbucks at $10 a share, watch it go to 30 and sell it. Uh, I I ended up with Starbucks at $30 a share. So on the other side of the equation, when I sold it, I rebought it at $9. So sometimes you buy companies that are cold and wait for them to get hot. Sometimes you buy hot companies and you wait for them to get cold to rebuy. So just like the stock market, there are thousands and thousands of ways to invest and make money. But I want to make sure, and I want to tell your listeners, that what you do, you first of all understand what you're doing and why. And secondly, you manage and take care of your own money. I can promise you, having been a broker on Wall Street, Almost no one is interested in your money, and certainly not to the extent you are. And you need to watch it yourself, because this is the only way you have in today's volatile stock market to build a successful retirement nesting. You talk about the 500 pennies a day program. Tell me about how that works. Well, 500 pennies a day... If you have a tin can and you can put in, that's $5 a work day, only a work day. Uh, you put that in your IRA. And uh, if you are anywhere successful investing in the stock market, don't lose money when it goes down. Make a little when it goes up. And you retire at 65. you got 20, 25 years to do that. Um, you could have 100000 in your IRA. Uh, What I'm trying to say here is that it's not the money you invest regularly. It's the money that amounts to it when you hit 65. How many people can spare five bucks a day in an IRA they don't even think about, and when they hit 65 and collect Social Security, they say, well, gee, I I like it. I got another hundred grand in there. Um. The secret of compounding, and I've already said it several times on your show, but I want to say it one more time because I think it's so important that I talk about on radio and television across America. And it's what you have to think about if you get nothing else from this broadcast. For the average person, 80 to 90% 
of what ends up in their ultimate retirement nesting is money they never saved or invested in the first place. Well, how did that happen? It happened because you made money on the money you invested in the first place, and that is the secret to becoming rich. You have a whole chapter on retirement plans as well, IRAs and managing your 401ks. Uh, Do you think a lot of people are managing their IRAs uh, in the right way today? No, and the question I get on the air continuously. I've got, a caller says, I've got an IRA. I haven't looked at it. I haven't fooled around with it in several years. It isn't going anyplace, and I don't know what to do. Now, that is a typical question. And what I say is, your IRA is in the hands of a trustee. The government set this up so that the trustee's main job is to tell the IRS when you make a withdrawal. And then they can say, well, gee, you got a tax to pay. The trustee also keeps your investments. So for heaven's sake, if you don't like what's happening in your IRA, go to a new place, find somebody else, and say to them, I like what you've got. Go get my money from my IRA and put it with you. That's all you have to do. And you can do that as many times as you want. And there's no tax implication. So if you're not managing your money and moving it into different trustees with different products that you find more attractive, but simply sitting at this and going nowhere, I, I, I don't understand that. So uh, when I do that on the air, the, the, caller, the caller says, is it that simple? And I say, absolutely. Now, in, in the case of where did my money go, uh, you would set that up on an account where you, like a, uh, a discount broker, where you could buy and sell the stock when you wanted to uh, and, and, and follow the rules of the 15-minute-a-week trend investing. But... If you just have an IRA and haven't looked at it and don't know what to do with it and it isn't doing anything, find somebody new and tell them to go get the money. You're tired and you want something new. You talk about the SPD, the summary plan description, yeah. uh, that in the new Pension Protection Act that you now have to get an SPD. What are people supposed to ask for and what are they supposed to do with an SPD? Well, they're supposed to look at it. It tells you all about your company's retirement plan, when your benefits are available, uh, what your vesting is, all kinds of things, but one of the important things it says in there that I want re- listeners to understand is that you go there to find out when you can change your investment options. How often can I change my mutual fund options in this company retirement plan? Monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever. And once you know that, then you can manage your money by moving some of these mutual funds into cash when they're going down uh, down the tank. You, you also say never to take the money and run, uh, that you really shouldn't take money out early from an IRA. Are you finding a lot of people are doing that well, and getting hit with a 10% Hewlett, penalty? Yeah, Yeah. according to Hewlett, the uh, big benefit consulting firm, um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's up to 50 to 60%. And uh, people who have under 5000 in their plan, it's almost about 75%. Um, it's really a tragedy because after you pay income taxes, 10% penalty, uh, the money you can go to the shopping mall uh, 
is maybe 10% of what you'd have at retirement if you left it in the in, a, in another IRA, rolled it over to an IRA. You talk about the uh, matching that companies are doing or not doing. In many yeah. cases, I'm finding companies are reducing or eliminating the match altogether. So, well, they are temporarily right now for the economic uh, conditions. That is correct. Uh, so if you're you know, not matched, if, if you're not uh, being matched in your 401k, should you continue yeah. to contribute? Well, I get that question all the time. Well, that if I were you, I'd first put 5000 in a IRA. And I'd also, if I have a non-working spouse outside the home, uh, I would have him or her put in 5000 Because when I put it in the IRA, it's mine. I can manage it. If I keep putting it in a 401k with no match, I'm simply letting the employer manage it. And the employer hasn't really had that great a track record. For sure. <laughs> so good. if you're not getting a match and you haven't contributed the max to your IRA, that would be my first suggestion to your listeners. Terrific. Well, this has really been great, Jim. We've covered an awful lot of ground. There's a lot more in the book. Again, people can find out more about it. The book is called Where Did My... At Amazon, but it's in the bookstores. Walk in Barnes and Noble or Borders and ask them to order it. Where did my money go? The twelve ninety five paperback, and uh, I'd love to hear from you when you do because there are special offers in the book. Absolutely, and people can also go to your website, financialsavvy.com, to sign up for your newsletter. So thank you so much, Jim. You've really given us a lot of wisdom. You've been on the on Wall Street a long time and given us a lot of wisdom that can really help people do better. A really quite simple system. Uh, that can really help them in ways they probably didn't think was possible. So well, thank you so much for being on the it's, show, Jim. It's great to you know for us to have a relationship over the 20, 25 years, and I, I really appreciate it, and I thank you for having me on. Well, thanks so much, Jim, and thank you, listeners, and we'll be back again next week. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.